Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Du L, and I'm from New York, and I'm a recover compulsive reader. Today is um, Friday, June 24th, 2016. Today's readers are, uh, I mean, today we are reading from the big book, and we are going to be reading from page 75, the second paragraph. We pocket our pride and go to it through the second paragraph ending with, have we tried to make mortar without sand? We'll be focusing, we'll be reading the first paragraph for context only and focus our comments on the second paragraph. Today's readers are um, Esther F. for the 12 steps, Debbie T. for the 12 traditions, and the readers for the main text are Kim G., Janice B., and Irene M. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, June 23rd, is 8860. OA's preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of the recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our OA purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 tradition of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther App to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Esther F. from Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm going to read the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our life had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will, our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive to over ears and to practice these principles in all of our, our affairs. Thank you for letting me to service my path. Thank you so much, Esther. Just a kind reminder, if you're not sharing, please mute your phones, press star one to mute. Um, I will now ask Debbie T. to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, family. This is Debbie T., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Ohio. Um, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may cre- create service boards or committees directing, directly, sorry, directly responsible to those who serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, since the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all those traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and thank you for doing service. Everybody have a good day. Thank you, Debbie T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions of recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions of the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you, you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 75. We're going to begin with um, the second paragraph. We pocket our pride and go to it through two paragraphs ending with having, have we tried to make mortar without sand? We'll focus, um, we, <clears throat> excuse me, the first paragraph we will read for context only and we will focus on the second paragraph uh, for context. Um, I will now ask Kim G to begin reading. Good morning, Do. Good morning, all. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone and at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs 
but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything, for we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? And good morning, everyone. Set my timer here. I love that line, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. And, and that's the fifth step prayer. You know, and, and why is that? Why do I know him better at this point? And that's why we're going to review these proposals. You know, in step one, I learned the problem, that I have an allergy to the body, obsession of the mind, and that I am powerless and my life is unmanageable, drunk or sober. And then I learned in step two that there's a higher power deep down inside me because my powerlessness needs propels me to need a power, and I find out it's deep down inside me. In step three, I learn that self is the real problem, that I'm blocked from access to this power. And in step four, I'm taking action. I'm taking action on trying to remove those blocks, identifying those, those unsaleable goods. So in step five, I'm beginning to remove those blocks. That's why I'm beginning to know him better. I'm beginning to remove the blocks so that I can get access to that power. And one of the things that was shocking for me, having been in Overeaters Anonymous for you know, 17 years prior to really studying this big book method, was that the big book method has steps five, six, seven, and eight, all done in one day. You know, I was taught, or I, at least my understanding was, if there's 12 steps, I do a step a month. And this book is telling me what I do is I do this step five all in one day. I sit down for a long talk. I take this hour break to review these five first proposals, which are the steps, and I immediately go into six and seven, and that night I can make a step eight list. How beautiful is that? How freeing is that? But I also want to emphasize those questions down the bottom. You know, I, want you should, I, I had to ask myself, and I encourage people to ask, ask yourself, do you have that right mixture, cement put in the foundation, mortar without sand? Are you relying too much on the fellowship? You know, are you working a 12-step program or a nine-tool program? Are you looking for a higher power or are you worshiping a food plant? You know, as a recovered woman, I often will use this as part of my 11th step because I have to ask myself, if I'm saying I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, am I doing that mix? Am I too heavy on step 10, which becomes self-analysis and not connecting with my power in step 11? You know, am I working 10 and 11 and saying I'm working 12, but I don't have time to work with people? Or maybe I'm always in step 12 helping everybody and I'm not doing 10 and 11 so I'm not keeping myself unblocked. Because personally, I find this also a 10th step prayer. Because every time I work my inventory in 10 and 11, I thank God from the bottom of my heart I know him better. Because in 1 through 9, I get unblocked from that power. But it's only in using that skill set in 10 and 11 that I remain unblocked from that power. So even though it's telling us to be quiet for an hour, there's actually a lot of work in here, a lot of reflection, and a lot of preparation to propel us to the following steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Nessa R. 
Nessa R. Tina S. Tina S. Amy G. Amy G. Kimberly L. Kimberly L. Chris G. Um, I'm sorry, I heard Chris G, I believe it was. D. Right. Okay, thank you. Anna H. Carol G. I'm sorry, Anna H. Carolyn G. Why don't we start with those? Nessa R, Tina S, Amy G, Kimberly L, Chris D, Anna H, and Carolyn G. Nessa, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, The first page of the forward to the first edition tells me to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And this tells me that I got to follow the instructions in this book, you know, precisely, precisely to the T. Um, every single instruction that's here, I have to follow. And in step five in the reading, I'm just uh, trying to find the page here, page 72, it tells me um, regarding step five, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome our drinking. And these two paragraphs are so often ignored. Uh, If I don't follow these paragraphs, that I am not following the instructions of the big book precisely, and therefore um, I may not overcome my compulsion to overeat. And I've been in in, um, in program in OA for um, 13 years and a bit. And the first nine years, um, I did many step fours and therefore many step fives, but I was never directed to these two paragraphs. I never did what these two paragraphs say. And I, um, among other things, I didn't recover. Uh, there were a lot of other reasons because I didn't follow the steps precisely as, as outlined here in other places as well. But I never did this. Now, um, I actually direct my sponsees uh, after we do step five. Step five is not complete at all until we do what these two paragraphs say. And if something is missed, you know, the, pro- the promises that are outlined here uh, in this one paragraph um, are not going to be realized. So uh, it, it means that we have to go back and look at something. You know, what was missed? What didn't we, we, we cover? Um, if we don't go uh, home and get quiet for an hour and review what we have done and thank God and, and read the first five proposals, um, we may not find out if we have omitted anything. And so the blockages are not going to be removed, and we're not going to overcome our compulsive overeating. That's exactly what happened to me. Um, thank you, God, that um, my current sponsor was well-versed in the big book and gave me proper directions um, so that I can complete step five precisely as is outlined in this book, including these two paragraphs, which are very important. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. We're going to move on to Tina S. Thanks, Stu, for your service. Uh, Great reading. Uh, I love what was shared. 
by both the ladies prior to, you know, these are instructions. And, you know, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, to Overeaters Anonymous, I wasn't really looking for any kind of direction or instruction. You know, I wanted to do this uh, however I saw fit. And obviously, you know, it didn't work. And, um, you know, one of the things that I certainly did, and it was because when I completed step five with my sponsor, you know, we read this stuff prior to me even giving her my fourth step of what, 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 what was going to happen, what she wanted to happen for me, the promises, the step five promises, and what I was going to do when I went home. You know, and it says returning home. It doesn't say, and I love, I listen to a lot of big book stuff, and it talks about, you know, riding through the car for an hour, listening to music. That's not what it tells me to do. You know, it tells me to go home. And, it and, I, and I actually take the action of the instruction. I went home. I put my big book. I, book up on the shelf and took it down because, you know, it tells me also in the big book that we're undisciplined. So, you know, I have to take some instruction, some direction if I want the result, you know, and that's the only way I get a result. You know, that's just the truth for me, you know, and then it says reviewing, you know, what we have done. And those are steps one through five already. And have I admitted anything? You know, I've got to be honest with myself. That's the, the principle behind a first step is honesty. You know, I've got to do this stuff. And then in the previous paragraph, it talks about we begin to have a spiritual experience. You know, we had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And for me, this was such a, a miraculous thing that I just wanted to continue. You know, I wanted to go on to be in step 12 and have this um, spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Now we'll move on to Amy G. Good morning, Du. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service and everyone who shared. I, too, uh, like Kim, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. It, to me, it was fascinating thinking, well, how is it by inventorying myself that I got to know God better? And what I realized through this process of the fifth step, turning it over to my sponsor, was the realization you know, we say in the program that we need a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And in humility, I realized that although I could now look the world in the eye because I was really no better, no worse, I was still very sick and that I needed help to get better and I needed that higher power. I needed God desperately to change. And I wanted so, bad, so much to do so because I didn't want to go back to the food and the hell where I was. And that understanding that the problem was not the wrong diet or the food that I put in my mouth. The problem was me. That saying that says there's more to this disease than meets the mouth. Oh, boy, did I understand that after a fifth step. I started to feel more comfortable in my skin, but I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to move forward, and I knew that I needed a higher power to do that. And that hour after you do the fifth step was so, so important, and I, I so concur with everyone it says we take down this book from our shelf and we turn to the page which contains the steps. This is not a novel to read, in my humble opinion, folks. This is not just some story. This is an instruction manual that we follow to find peace of mind and save us from our addiction to food. This is what is the instructions. And for me, to take that manual down, to sit quietly, and you know, to, to do what is asked to do in this book, it talks about it in the AA 12 and 12. It says, no one not to say the AA program requires no willpower, where this is one place, i.e. the fifth step, where you may require all you've got. And for me to sit down for that hour and to really look at me and be grateful that I am moving towards the broad highway of getting better was an incredible experience for me. But it all started by learning 
and taking the directions that are on this book. And I'm just going to say real quick for the sponsor out there, I know it may seem very daunting, everything that we're talking about and taking a fifth step. But the reality is I don't need to be a psychologist to do it. I just need to follow the instructions in the manual, do the steps myself, and have an ear to listen to someone when they give me their fifth step. It is totally possible through the instructions in this manual and with God. And with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Amy. Um, we'll move on to Kimberly L. Good morning. This is Kimberly L., a recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. And thank you all for your sharing. Um, I just recently went through my fifth step, and I did exactly this. And I, too, like many of us, have been in the program um, for many, many years, and I've never done a fourth and fifth, nor have I worked the steps the way that I'm working it now. And I did. I was actually home um, when I finished my fourth step or my fifth step, and I, I took down the book, so I was instructed to put it up on a shelf, and I took it down, and, um, and I sat for an hour. And when my sponsor told me to sit for an hour, I thought she was crazy. I'm like, how am I going to sit still for an hour? And I'm so thankful and grateful that I did because I truly thank God from the bottom of my heart that I started, I was finally starting to get to know him better. And I did exactly what it said. I looked at the first five proposals to see if I admitted anything. And I, I sat and I meditated and I prayed and I, I really thought through it. And then I had a conversation with my sponsor if anything came up. You know, I am, I am blown away um, at, the, at this process. And, you know, I would have five months ago, all I wanted to do was to stop binging. I just wanted to stop. I wanted the insanity to stop. I wanted to stop being miserable. I would have never thought that I would be where I am today um, and doing the things that I'm doing today. You know, this is, you know, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing process and the freedom that comes from it. I want to be a free man. I want to be useful to others. And this is the process in which we go through to get there. And for that, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Now we'll move on to Chris D. Chris, you can press star one to unmute. Hi there. Hi there. This is Chris G. I'm a recovering. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. I'm a recovering uh, compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to comment on the part about knowing God better. I'm actually an interfaith minister and have been a spiritual uh, seeker for a long time. And um, I have noticed in some, some of my writing, um, I'm a newcomer, this is my third return, and I'm very grateful to uh, feel a whole different um, humility and connection um, to God through the program this time. I just am ready now, I guess. And um, so what I realized in my reflection about knowing God is that as an interfaith minister, I was constantly thinking about God. I was, um, the piece, there was a piece missing though. And 
though I've had plenty of moments of communing with God in prayer and in meditation and working with working with others in service, um, most of my days were more about thinking about God and not being with God and communing with God and sitting in that quiet space as the reading tells us to do um, and really pausing. And I have just realized how arrogant and, and um, dismissive, you know, that part of me has been over the years thinking that I was coming home to God and really um, kind of watering it down to meet my own needs and opinions. So I am very grateful to have this realization. And um, even since the realization, I realize I have to practice more, you know, pausing in my day and praying and um, connecting in a way that I have not done so in the past. So with that, I'll pass. And I thank you all for being here as a newcomer. It's uh, feeling really great. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Um, Anna H., you're up. Anna? Yes, not good. Good. Anna H., and I'm a recovering compulsive reader in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I thank you for every the fact that you're there in service, and I really appreciate being here. Um, you're honestly all, knowing all of that all of you are here is what sort of brought me back to program. So um, I just want to put it out there that. This passage is so powerful for me because um, I just I'm recently have been through a relapse and am glad to be back. But sort of backwards for me this time. Um, I came to God first, like begging for help, begging, and the beautiful thing in prayer is that I'm like, you know. Like you already know. There's 12 steps for you. Once you know that, you don't get to unknow it, you know? And so just the willingness to come back and also just realizing in prayer and reflection that, you know, um, we see we see these people out stars or actresses and always as addicts, we don't wonder how they fall, but so many people wonder, how do they get involved and then just fall? They have this wonderful life. And I realized, looking back, living in sobriety and living in um, living as a recovered person, the further I, the further away I got from God in terms of listening to what people said, you know, oh, you look fabulous. Oh, your program's going great. Oh, this is wonderful. The further I listened to that voice, the more I became my own God. The more I became and started to believe this, and lost the humility of being grateful every day. Being grateful that like this is truly, I know people who die from this. I know people who are dying from this. 
and I get a second chance. Like I get that. And just be um, just reflecting on what earlier, like the arrogance of my spirit of realizing, you know, being in that place where I really think I can handle it. And it's very sneaky. It's part of the disease. You know, it's part of that trick of mind, believing that I'm okay, believing that because things are going well that I can rest some levels. So just grateful and being thankful and having a relationship with higher power today because that for me is the foundation and then the steps. And I just want to put it out there that I am um, seeking a sponsor. Um, I'll leave my number here. It's 917-684-5033. And um, again, my name is Anna H., and so thank you guys so much. And thank you, Anna H. I actually, um, just to remind everyone, we do have a special time that we share our numbers, and that's usually at the second hour, 10 minutes before. Okay, we're going to continue with Carol G. Carol G., you're up. Thank you. Good morning, Ju. Um, I hope you can hear me. And if I'm cutting out, please let me know. Thanks, Stu, for your service. It's Carol G, uh, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, yeah, so we pocket our pride and go to it. Uh, step five, illuminating every twist of character. So that's a pause after the past. So that's when I begin now to read out my step five. And then once having taken this step is after I've read my step five. And um, I think the thing that stood out for me this morning was I'm always reminded that it is a life and death errand and that I really do want to walk hand in hand with the spirit of the universe, even though I am afraid. I can pocket my pride. It's my pride usually for me that will kill me. Um, and I open myself up in this reading of step five and I begin to feel that connection. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but it's happening anyway, regardless of what I think, know or feel. Um, and I think if I don't close that wound after that spiritual surgery has been taken place um, very, very quickly, the disease, I've, I've experienced this, the disease will try to separate me again. So if I don't pocket my pride, withhold nothing, get into that, in, into that reading of step five, then six and seven and eight, very, very quickly, the separation can begin again. I've experienced that. Withholding nothing is very interesting for me because... That includes um, the stuff that I would have taken to the grave, the things that I would just not, my pride will not want me to own up to. Um, and I can't afford to decide for myself which fears, resentments or harms are worst items in stock. And sometimes I can try to make that judgment, but actually it's something that I have to be very mindful that I cannot pick and choose my own recovery. And so I get into step six and seven so quickly. Why is that? Well, it's because during the reading of step five, I begin to feel inside of me how powerfully painful some of those harms are to myself and others. And it's in reading of the step five that I realize that I am so ready to have these things cast out. I feel the burden, the heaviness, and I just flow through six, seven, and eight. And I'm really on a broad highway when this happens. My attitudes and beliefs are all being rearranged. And for me, the world really comes into view and it looks completely different. Nothing in the world actually changes, but everything inside me changes completely. 
So it's a fantastic few words there that just describe so much revolutionary change. It's unbelievable and it's a fantastic process. And I think it unfolds in all of us differently, but it is described perfectly there um, in page 75. Thank you and I pass. Okay, thank you so much, Carol G. Um, we will um, have a few more shares before we move Sally? on to the next paragraph. Who else would like this, to share? This Sally. I heard Sally. I heard um, Irini. I heard... Uh, I'm sorry, was it Bella? Yes. Bella? Okay. I'm sorry, who's that? Gail T. Carol T.? No, Gail. Gail T. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, so far I have Sally G, Irini M, Bella G, and Gail G. Anyone else before we move on from this paragraph? Okay. So, I have those uh, four shares. We'll start with um, Sally G. Actually, it's Sally A. Sally A. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, good morning, Du. You're doing a great job, Du. And good morning, a vision for you. And I wanted to speak to what they're talking about here in terms of the arch and the, and the foundation and the skimping on the cement. And first of all, I wanted to say to you that um, there's, they're asking us some really important questions here. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything. So we are building an arch. Here's what we're doing, folks. When they say that to me, that we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man, what it says to me is that I'm building a relationship with my higher power, one that I didn't have before, because I had a religion and all the trappings of religion, but I did not have the relationship that I have with my God now. So I'm building an arch through which to walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation. When they talk about the skimping of the cement in the foundation, I want to tell you that people, it's important to put sand into the cement, into the mortar. And the, the sand performs two functions. The sand expands the mortar. It gives you more mortar to work with. So it expands the amount of what we're using here. But more than that, the sand doesn't expand or shrink. The sand is a solid form. I know this because my ex-husband is an engineer, and I'm very familiar with these things. So the cement bonds better when there is the right amount of sand in it. And more importantly, the, the, the thing is that sand, because it is solid and does not shrink during the curing process, it reduces the amount of overall shrinkage of the cement, and it minimizes cracking during the curing process. So that omitting sand may produce all kinds of little hairline, hairline cracks. So when they're asking us about skimping on the cement, they're asking us, did you make the cement correctly because you're going to put it in the foundation? Now, I want to show you a couple of things really quick. I know I do this to you guys. But on page 12, Bill talks about the foundation. In the middle of the page, you can go find it later if you want. It says, upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. So part of this foundation is willingness. And 
It also tells us here in this particular paragraph that we're talking about, it's talking to us about the foundation, it's talking to us about this arch. And let's take a look at page 47 where it talks about the cornerstone, the simple cornerstone. Do I now believe, I'm in the middle of the page, do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, what simple cornerstone? That I have to be willing to believe. By the way, bottom of page 13, I've said this a million times, the essentials of what it takes to get recovered. It includes willingness, open-mindedness. It includes belief in a higher power. And here we're being told on 47 that it's the simple cornerstone. And what is the arch? It is the, the keystone. You've got this arch that climbs up the side of this arch, and you've got the keystone. The keystone is, I promise you this is the end. I don't know Time. <laughs> Just let me give you the keystone. It's on page 62, the keystone at the bottom of the page, the keystone, it says, we have to have God's help. And the very last sentence of 62, I'll end with this. He is the Father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone that we have to have God's help, the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Okay, now we'll move on to Irini M. Thank you, Du. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. So after meditating and spending time with God to see if I left anything out of my inventory, and then... And then, truly thanking God from the bottom of my heart that I started to get to know him better. And what does that mean? What am I thanking him for? He taught me to practice, to be honest in step one, to be truthful, that I had a problem like a repetitive behavior with my hand to my mouth and that has been lifted and if I'm honest then he promises me that I would be set free from the bondage of self and then in step two he gave me another gift he gave me hope to see another way with his light from my isolation, from me being in darkness. He brought me into his light. And then what am, what am I thanking him for? Step three, he gave me the gift of faith. And then he gave me the responsibility to see that I'm respons- I have to be responsible to use that gift, to use that faith. And then step four, oh, he gave me courage to practice, to be honest, to to see, to examine my life, to see my behaviors, to see 
how I, how I was showing, to put my eyes on myself to see how I was showing up in the world. As in step five, oh my gosh, she gave me integrity. God always forgives his children. But then he was teaching me to share with others, and that's where the healing comes in. Because we were meant to be connected to God as well as to our spiritual brothers and sisters. And this is the family of faith. We are a family. We live horizontally as well as vertically to hear his word and then to hear it through others. What a gift. He's doing for us. He's doing for me what I could never do for myself. Thank you, God, and I pass. And thank you all, and I pass. Thank you, Irene. Now we'll move on to Bella G. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, too, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, beautiful, beautiful shares. Thank you very much, everybody. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Yes, when we thank somebody, when we get a present, when somebody is doing something good for us, and yes, thank you, God. Yes, thank you, God. That, you know, what is the present? The present of trusting. Yes, God trusted me. God believes in me. God wanted me to be connected to myself, to my honest self, and not to my ego, not to live in a mass for all my life. Yes, God gave me the opportunity to know who am I and to to accept myself. Yes, to accept myself as human. And yes, thank you, God, that God gave me the opportunity to learn how can I give over God's message and not my ego message all over. Thank you, God, for trusting me. You know, God knew who am I, and God knew that I can do it. I can do this cleaning job. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's painful, but God knows that I can do it. And, wow, thank you, God. You know, God didn't change. I changed because I always knew that there is God. I knew that there is a higher power, but I didn't like this higher power. God for me was a punishing God. You know, God for me was somebody that I was always in competition. God was something that I wanted and I thought that I can be a little bit better than him. If he would let me, I can manage my life better than him. Thank you, God. God didn't change. I change because now I learn to accept myself the way I am. Yes, and thank you, God, that you gave me the opportunity to work on myself one day at a time, some days better than others, some days easier than others. Thank you, God, that today 
I want to build my connection to a higher power, to a loving power, to an accepting power. And yes, for this trust, I am thankful. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll move on to Gail G. Good morning. This is Gail T. in Central Texas. Boy, when I look at this, I had such a difficult time because I did come home and I got to this part, have we tried to make mortar without sand? And even though I had done my fourth step, there was something missing. And I couldn't go on. And I couldn't find it. And I I would pray and I was restless and irritable, not with others, and my food was still in place. But it was, I was just restless and irritable because I didn't have what Sally was talking, the right mixture. I knew I didn't have it. I was missing something. And then it came to me because when I was talking about this fourth step at that time, was I would get so furious at my computer connections and my phone connections, and I would live real rural, and they're supposed to work and they don't work, and I would get really frustrated and and stuff like that. But by the time, so anyway, the long and the short of it is, is that I got through that, and then I was working with six, seven, eight, and nine. And I thought I only had amends to make to my phone (laughs) and my computer. But what came out of it is that that's how I also felt about people sometimes. And that's when the breakthrough came. And it didn't come necessarily to the fourth step, but the fourth step opened me up. And as it's still opening me up to how... I'm so entitled and how I sometimes act with such entitlement and that it's really selfishness. And when things don't go how they're supposed to go, I can get very frustrated. And so the main thing, the sand now, what it looks like to me is patience. For me, that is a huge um part of my recovery. That's my sand. And that didn't happen two years ago. It's come about in the last two years. I haven't eaten, but I've been still working with that. So this is all by way of saying that you may feel incomplete in that fourth step because it has opened you up and it has opened for God to work with you. And God works in God's way. And it takes time sometimes. And with that, I pass. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, We will move on with our reading on page 76, the first paragraph, and I will ask Janice B. to begin reading. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. 
Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. So step six. There's one paragraph there about step six. And um, I thought it was a little short step. And um, of, yes, of course I'm willing. Okay, that was, that was the way I, I took step six. But um, it, this last time I went through the steps, I, I took a lot longer with step six. I made a list based on my fourth and fifth step. I made a list of the character defects that were blocking me from being the person that God would have me be. And, um, and I, I, with those character defects, I made a list of the behaviors that I exhibited um, when I was the self-seeking behaviors that that um, those how they showed up, and then I identified the opposite of the character defect and what that behavior would look like if I was practicing the opposite, and um, and that gave me. I'm a pretty practical person. That gave me. Um, that gave me kind of like walking papers on, and it made clear to me the things that I I had to start practicing. And um, I say, uh, let's see, it says we emphasize willingness, and I um, I was willing. I was willing because I didn't want to be the person who was shut off, protected, always trying to protect myself and um, and isolated and disconnected from myself and from other people. So yes, I was willing. I was willing because um, I wanted to live in the sunlight of the spirit and I wanted to I wanted to feel love and connection and um my character defects were keeping me um away from that. They were blocks to that. And um and so the other piece in here is um we were are we now ready to let God remove from us all these things. So my job <clears throat> my job was to practice. Um, practice doing what I identified as the opposite. Pay attention to my motives and my attitude and um, just keep paying attention and seeing how I I wanted to, you know, my my old ways of being had worked and identifying the opposite and practicing and God would remove the character defects past. Okay, thank you. I'm also going to shine on this paragraph, but I have time for one more person after me um, Larry? And who would like 
Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, um, this is Duel and Recover Compulsive Reader, and I absolutely love this. Um, it's a short step, but very powerful. And it says, you know, if you can answer to our satisfaction, then we look at step six. What are we answering? Have we done the work solid so far? You know, have we set the proper um, stones in place, right? Have we skimped on the cement? Have we tried to make mortar out of sand? You know, when I'm carefully reviewing the five proposals, it's kind of like a checklist. You know, have I made the right decisions? Have I, have, I, have I really focused on those steps? Have I admitted my powerlessness, um, my control over the food, right? Have, have I also, you know, come to a conclusion that I am going to accept a, a, a conception of a power greater than myself working in my life? Am I committing myself to that higher power? Um, am, I, am I looking at my character defects in step four, and am I admitting that to God, to someone else, and, and to myself, you know, that I have these character defects? Now it's in step six, it's saying, am I willing to have God remove them? You know, I'm not get, this step is not about I find, I find out what my character defects, now I get to tell God how to remove them. You know, that, that's not what this step is about. It's about the fact that am I willing to surrender to God, you know, the things that block me from him so that God can access through me that power, you know, to go on with the rest of the steps, you know, to, to be one with him. And then it says, can he now take them, every one of them? And it says, if I'm clinging on to one of those character defects, because, you know, we give it to God and then we take it back. We give it to God and then we take it back. This is saying, you know, am I willing to just let it all go? You know, and I know that um, when I took this step, I, I was thinking, boy, I love some of these character defects because, you know, they served me for so long, but then they stopped working. So now I'm like, am I willing? Am I willing to, to be ready to just have God have all of it? You know, and if you are ready to do that, if you're willing to let God do his part, do his job, and you're going to do your part, which is surrender, then he can work and access through you. And that's what this step is about. And thank God, you know, it says we ask God, it's a short prayer, we ask God to help us to be willing, you know, and, and to have him do his job for us not to be in control of trying to um, control the outcome like we've done in the past. And uh, thank you for letting me share. We'll move on to Larry Kay. You know what, dude? We got we got one minute. I can share in the in the second hour if that's okay with you. I'm gonna do a quick share. Okay. Well, um, you know, one of the things with step six is man, just one paragraph. Um, so I, I might think it's not important, but you know, I have these 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 character flaws that I identified with the previous step, right? And, uh, you know, things like resentment and anger and fear and self-justification and dishonesty and inflated self-importance and all these things. You know, I want, I, do I want to be rid of these things? They're a noose around my neck. They're tightening their grip around my neck. Can I drop the rock? Can I drop the rock of these things and, and allow God to flow in? Am I ready? Some of these things for me, I wasn't ready. And so I remained, I, I, I continued to have um, temporary sobriety. 
step six is vitally important. I know we'll touch on it later. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Okay, thank you, Larry Kay. This brings us to the closing of our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared, especially those that um, were the readers of the main text. Uh, please join us for a second hour, uh, a second unrecorded hour of our study immediately following closing. So those who didn't get to share, get uh, an opportunity to share again. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask um, Irene M. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only until uh, you keep onto then. Thank you, Do. Thank you, Do. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you have in God. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.